Amen. Please go ahead and be seated. It's a wonderful feeling to be in the arms of God, and and it's also uh, a blessing to have Nicole and Stephen up here uh, lead us every Sunday for worship. Kind of gets us back grounded a little bit to where we kind of need to be uh, as we come reverently before God. And uh, it's such a blessing. Thank you guys very, very much. We do appreciate that. That's for sure. Um, Some of you may not know me. Uh, My name is Chad Rasmussen. I am the youth pastor here with the Oasis Church. And three of my youth gave me half a woohoo. We can do better than that, right? I'm the youth pastor here. Wow. Okay. Anyway, it's a blessing to be working with the youth uh, later on. Um, when we close, I'm going to talk a little bit about how this church has been blessed by a, a few youth that spent the last three weeks of their lives uh, across the water. Uh, it's a huge blessing. I just uh, get goosebumps sometimes when I think about what God's doing with the youth in this church. It's amazing. Um, if anybody sees Charlie Brown, would you let him know that his Christmas tree is right here? You can see. Uh, these are a couple of my plants that I have brought from home. Uh, we have um, probably six or seven plants around the house that are probably eight to nine years old, which when I started to think about that was pretty amazing that we've been able to keep plants alive for six, seven, eight years uh, old, you know, and, and, and we really don't pay a lot of attention to them, which is kind of amazing in itself. Obviously, you can tell by this example, but this one seems to be doing much better. I'm not a a botanist, uh, obviously. Um, Plants aren't really my thing. Um, The plants have a special meaning to us, so that's why we kind of keep them around the house. Um, As we looked at our plants about a week ago, Becky and I took a good look at at the soil that was in the plants, and and it's been a long time since we've had them, and and we decided that they needed to be repotted. Apparently, and I didn't know this, which is quite ironic, uh, we have dirty dirt. I don't know what that means. We've got to get clean dirt. It's, a, it's an oxymoron, clean dirt, much like 49ers in football. It's oxymoron. It doesn't go together. <laughs> Zing. But today we want to talk about what these plants signify and represent. And with each plant, with each tree, they have a root system. There is, a, there is an undergirdment, if you will, uh, something that keeps these plants alive and growing. And so the topic is going to be roots and the functions of a root. And some of you who may be here for the first time going, what's going on? I thought I came to church. Well, you did. And we're going to talk about the root system. When I looked up the definition of a root online, it said it's an underground part of a plant, that plant body that functions as an organ of absorption, absorption, aeration, and food storage. It also, that root system also provides for the plant, those trees, an anchorage and a support system. And I don't know when or where I heard this, but I remember seeing a visual picture of it. And, and do you know that some in the more mature trees uh, that, that actually, if you look at the surface of that tree and you see the height and the width 
of a mature tree, that some trees out there have the same mirror image of that tree below the surface, that, that those roots will go as deep below the surface as they are high above the surface, and that those roots actually will also spread out and go as wide below the surface as that the girth, as the width of that tree is above the surface. I thought that was kind of cool. Those trees, when you're mature, they're ingrained. They are, they are rooted. They are, they are in. In. They're very, they have a very strong root system. But however, they don't start out that way. And so if you think about it, if, you've, if you ever have planted or, or, or bought a new house and you're planting trees or, and you get a baby tree, a sapling, if you will, when you plant that baby tree in the ground, the root system hasn't had a chance yet to grow. It hasn't had a chance to, to spread down deep and, and anchor itself. It's very susceptible to moving back and forth, to being uprooted and not surviving. And so what, what typically happens? Right? Usually you get one of those big green stakes, those metal green stakes, or maybe a strong pole, and, and you drive that down deep into the ground next to the tree. And then you attach it somehow, usually with some sort of rope or, or wire or something, to help that baby tree give it the best chance possible to grow and mature and develop its root system. See, without a, a good root system, these trees, these plants, are in trouble, and so are we. We, as human beings, have been designed and created with our own root system as well. You see, Christian or not, we uh, all have core beliefs, right? We all have a faith system that anchors us and supports us. Today, as you consider that, what are you rooted in? What, what is your faith system? rooted in how strong is it how's your plant doing as you can see here this little fella is not doing so well in fact i can pull him up out of the roots up out of the ground we're going to try to save him i don't know if it'll happen one of the one of the things that i dislike the most as especially the older i get is doing yard work who still does their own yard work here? You're amazing. God bless you. But when you have you ever done the yard work when there's like a, a, a like a weed, like a big weed, and and you try to reach down and grab that weed out of the grass or out of somewhere, and you get the top half and you break it off at the root, and you're thinking to yourself, well, that did absolutely no good, absolutely no good. And so what do you have to do? You have to get in there. You have to dig at it. You have to pry at it. You have to get it by the root. Because if you leave it there, what's going to happen? Right back up again. It's pretty hard to get them up. And that is because their roots are spread deep and wide. They're ingrained. They're good. What's the benefit of a strong root system? Well, obviously, it's to help withstand the elements of Mother Nature. Right? They can withstand the assaults of the the heavy rains, the wind, the heat, all of those things, it keeps them anchored, strong, unmovable. Spiritually speaking, can I say to you that we all have a root system as well? We all have a faith system that we rely on, that keeps us steady, that keeps us strong, that keeps us unmovable. 
when life starts to hit at us. When those rains come, when that heat, that drought comes, when the wind comes, my goodness, the wind around here can be brutal. As we get into the monsoon season, you can relate to that. What feeds your root system? What feeds your faith system? Really, when I looked at this and I started to prepare for this, I really came to the conclusion for myself, and I think maybe you can agree, it's one of two things. What feeds our faith system, what feeds our root system, is one of two things. The first thing is self. Our plant, if we're a plant, relies on one of two things. Our self, self-reliance. What does that mean? Say, have you heard the saying, if it's to be, it's up to me. I can do it. I'll make it happen. All of it's on you. It's up to you to make that happen to perform. It's up to you to feed your own, give yourself your own strength. And we know that our plants, our bodies won't last that long. We know how, how many times you've been in a place where you think, ah, man, I screwed that up. Our faith system, our root system is fed by one of two things. First thing is self. Or do you get your nourishment, your water supply, your food, your sunshine from a higher power, from God? You, you see, it's either self or God. There's really only two things that we can rely on to feed our faith system here. Much like plants and trees can be ripped out if not firmly rooted, we're exposed. Uh, we are, even as human beings, our faith system, our roots are actually exposed to the elements of Mother Nature as well, right? We have to endure some of those things that, that could potentially uproot us if we're not firmly rooted. I'm not going to try to pull this tree out, by the way, because <laughs> it's, you can see flourishing. It's doing well. Consider for yourself what do those elements of nature, what do those things in life that grab at you that could potentially uproot you, what are some of those things that cause you grief, maybe anger, worry, disheartenment? What are those things that cause you to, to, to be uprooted, to make you possibly lose your patience? What do those storms look like for you? Is it is it possibly an illness from yourself or a loved one? You know, I know many people that just seem to constantly be sick. Something is always hurting or there's something they're always going to the doctor for. Do you know those people? Is that you? It could be because that's what we live in. That's the life that we're subjected to. And if our faith system, our root system isn't fed by the right source, we could lose hope in those situations. What about fears that you may have for the future? Does it cause you anxiety? What about possibly you may be going through a divorce or you may have parents that are going through a divorce? That's a pretty big storm in life that can be hitting you. That can cause you to, to be uprooted, to kind of feel like you have no home, no firm foundation. Guys, we all go through this. Plants are susceptible to it in nature. We are susceptible to it because we have an enemy that wants to see us uprooted. We have two things. We rely on ourselves or God. But fortunately for us, 
If you're here and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we have some instruction from God. He, he does speak to this matter. If you're not a believer here, I, I encourage you to just kind of sit back and, and just relax. You're off the hook here. Just take a look at what, what God may say. And if it speaks to your heart, uh, I encourage you to listen. Uh, follow with me, if you will, uh, in your Bibles. Uh, open up your, your apps or your cell phones. Or, or actually, if, if some of you are old school like me, just open a Bible. They're kind of crazy these days. Uh, open up a Bible. We're going to go to Jeremiah. Uh, turn with me to Jeremiah 17. Chapter 17, we're going to start in verse 5. And as we take a look at this uh, the section of, of God's word here, it's a picture of, of God's covenant people of Israel that, that had God's uh, miracles in their life, right? They had, they had God's promises. They, they've seen miracles work. They had the prophets. They had everything they needed, yet they still chose to move away from God. They chose to rely on military alliances. They chose to rely on false prophets. Their heart actually turned away from God, and, and things went bad for them. It also gives us a picture in these verses that we're going to look at that says that on the other side, but those of us who trust in the Lord flourish in times of, of trouble. We actually grow and become stronger. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. I have the NIV version, so if yours is different, it may sound a little different. I believe it totally means the same thing. Jeremiah 17, 5, 8. This is what the Lord says. Jeremiah speaking. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Can I say there in verse 5, that word cursed? I know that when we see it in our, our, our society today that, that you can look at it and say, God is cursing me. It's a, it's a bad thing. Well, in this context right here, that word literally means miserable. And, and, and the word trusts in there, if you think about trust, the word actually in this context means a firm reliance in the integrity, truth, ability, and strength. So when we read that again, it could say miserable. This is what the Lord says. Miserable is the one who has firm reliance in the integrity, truth, ability, and strength in man, and whose hearts turn away from the Lord. Verse 6 says, That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. It's a great depiction right here of, of what, a bush looks like when it's parched, when it's not rooted, when it's not fed. I come from, uh, I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. Out in Salt Lake City, uh, way back in the day, uh, and I don't know my history on it, but Lake Bonneville, some of you may be familiar with Lake Bonneville out there. Big, huge lake. Well, it dried up a long time ago, and all that was left out there at Lake Bonneville is what we call the salt flats. If you guys are familiar with the salt flats, we would drive from Salt Lake City out to... Uh, to, to Wendover, uh, a place just there in Nevada where you can give your money away for free. They'll take it anytime you want it. Uh, they're happy to see it. But you have to go through this desert, this wasteland, and there's nothing out there but miles and miles of salt. Nothing grows out there. It gives us a good picture of how dry and parched and, and how, how desolate and barren that, that kind of land is, that kind of life can be. I always like it when God throws in a but, though. But, verse 7. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, 
whose confidence is in him. Again, trust. What? That firm reliance in the integrity, truth, ability, and strength. Who trusts in, whose confidence is in him. They will be. And here's the, here's the correlation. Like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Doesn't that sound nice? Especially right now in Arizona right here. I would love to be back in the mountains of Utah right there next to a stream. Does it sound refreshing? Does it sound good? Does that sound like somewhere you want to be? It does not fear this tree when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought. And it never fails to bear fruit. As we look at the difference there between the two, we have a barren bush in the wastelands, and we have a fruitful tree that, that draws from God, from all the way below, beneath the surface, from the very innermost parts of who we are, God's word. And it says that God's word will saturate you, will feed you, will grow you. You will become strong. That when life comes at us and hits us, what happens? We don't wilt away. We're not uprooted. We can withstand those things. What is it that you're dealing with today that you need to trust in God and be like that tree? See, when we take in God's word and we take a look at Jeremiah right here, there's the difference between the two. When we take in God's word, it actually changes the soil. If you think about the salt flats out there in Utah, and then you think about a nice, crisp, flowing, cool stream of water and trees that are thriving next to it. When you take in God's word, it changes your soil. It it feeds your spirit. It's life. It's food. It's water. It's sunshine for our roots. What are you feeding your plant? What are you feeding your plant? You see, when we see that picture of the barren bush, do you feel a little bit like a barren bush sometimes? Do you feel a little bit like, God, why is this happening to me? It always seems like whenever I try to do something good, something comes up and hits me. Can I tell you that's the enemy? And the enemy wants you uprooted. He does not want you to bear fruit. Because what happens when you bear fruit? When a plant bears fruit and grows and flourishes, it replicates itself. It reproduces. What are we called to do? Be the light of the world in Christ? What are we called to be? Fruit bearers? Can a barren bush bear fruit? No. Without God's word, Christian, you could be a seasoned Christian here and and not really be where you need to be spiritually, and you know it. I, I know I know it in myself. Without God's words, we, we can Without God's word, we can be that barren bush in, alone in the desert. We could be in that dry, that parched, that weary and weak situation as you see here. How do we become more like the tree and less like the bush? Well, we all know that plants and trees like ourselves, need daily sustenance, right? We need daily input. We need daily food, water. And for me, I need sunshine. I just flat out love it. It helps me thrive and grow. We all need that. So how do we do it? Can I ask you today to consider 
being habitual. Being habitual. Do you know how hard it is to, to break an old habit? Do you know how hard it is to form a new habit? I've heard it says it takes 21 days to do something over and over again before that becomes a habit and becomes natural to you. Simple. Get in God's word daily. Here's the difference. Without God's word, you could be a seasoned Christian. You could be on your way to heaven. But what does your life look like? Does it look like this? Or are you thriving? Are you multiplying? Are you replicating? Are you bearing fruit? Are you being sustained by God's word? Or are you trying to sustain by self? We need God's word in us daily. How do we do that? You say, oh, Chad, I don't want to do that because then I got to find my Bible at home and then I got to take the time and I'm already late for work. I'm already got the kids got to get to school. There's so much going on. By the time I wake up and get out of bed, my, heat, my feet are hitting the floor. I'm already running. And by the time I get home at night, it's too late. If I try to read the Bible, I'm asleep by word three. I got to tell you this. We got to be habitual. Do you know how easy it is these days? with social media, with apps that you can download on your smartphone, with your iPods, that you can download on your, your um, iPads that, that will actually send to either your text or email. <clears throat> It'll actually send you Bible verses. What if it's just two or three Bible verses a day in your life? Would it make a difference? What about if you actually open up the Bible and, and guys, I'm speaking to myself too, every day for five minutes. And you just started to pick a book and just started getting two or three verses in you. You don't have to go through the whole thing. It doesn't have to be a long, exhaustive Bible study. You don't have to say, I don't understand it and never come back to it. What if you just started to get God's word in you every day? Would it make a difference? Would it make a difference? I say yes. The world and life would, would hit us and say, no, it won't make a difference. You can do it. You got this. It's on your own. Mother Nature has a, a great way of, uh, of pruning plants, right? A few, few days ago, we had like three nights worth of just, just great windstorms come through. And what happens during those windstorms to a strong plant like this? Perhaps the plant loses some leaves. It's, it's actually kind of trimmed up a little bit. It's pruned, if you will. And so if you say today, Chad, I don't think I can do that. I don't, I don't really have the time to get God's word in me for five minutes a day. Can I tell you that God will also say he wants to prune you? That he wants to prune you and take some time that you know you have available, available to say, I'm going to make the time. What does that mean? Oh, crap. You're going to go there, Pastor Chad. Uh, it means get up 10 minutes earlier. For me, that's a hard one. Is it, is it actually downloading a free Bible app? that will send you, text you whenever you're at in your life and your day, you get this text, and boom, instead of possibly being bad news, it's like God's word in front of your face, and you can stop and just say, thank you, God. I needed that today. Because I'm exposed to the elements, and they're starting to, to dry me out. They're starting to uproot me a little bit. We got to prune ourselves. We got to prune the time and take the time to get into God's word daily. Now, I understand if you're a seasoned Christian, you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. You possibly had a time and a season in your life where you started you're growing and flourishing and, and everything was going well. You were in God's word and you felt, you felt his spirit, but then you kind of let it slide. 
Maybe you're a baby Christian uh, who is just starting to get into God, trying to figure out this whole thing. You come to church and, and, and some guy's got a dead plan on the stage, right? You're trying to figure out what is this? Can I tell you just like that stake in a brand new baby tree next to a brand new baby tree that's holding that thing up while it has time to grow, that that's what God will do for you. His word will do that for you. It will be that stake that will hold you steady until you can get yourself driven deeply and rooted firmly in him. Or you can do it yourself. Yourself or God. I've tried to do it myself over and over and over again. And, and I'll be honest, even as a pastor, I still try to do it myself. <laughs> you ever be there? You ever get there? You're like, oh, man, I screwed that one up. And God just be sitting there going, yep. Right? It's time to get it back into his word. Colossians 2, verses 6 through 8. If you're taking notes, you can turn there, flip there on your iPhone, whatever you need to do. Uh, or you can just listen here, just write it down and look at it later. Colossians 2, we have some words here uh, that, that can be encouraging to us. Because as I said, if we're, a, if we're in God's word daily, we're, gonna, we're not going to feel so much like, like this bush. We're going to feel more like this tree. Colossians 2, 6 through 8 says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue. To live your lives in him. Continue to feed from him. Continue to get your sustenance from him. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And overflowing with thankfulness. When I take a look at these plants, I see one that is overflowing. How's your plant? I see one that's not overflowing. What if we took today's message and and what God has put out to you and actually let it kind of seep in like fertilizer? What if we actually took a chance and said, God, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to actually start to prune my, my day, my time, and I'm going to get more of you in even, even just to get some in if you aren't getting God in daily. What if you took a serious look at that life and the soil that you're planted in? Does it need to change? Seasoned Christian, it can still dry up on us. It can still dry up on you. Baby Christian, keep going. Non-believer, you can see the difference. Does something need to change? And, and I think I've got a good illustration with the video that, that I'd like to take a look at. Um, let's take a look at this short video and I'll be right back. To be a survivor in this amazing race with a need for speed, you need God's grace. And if you're desperate like housewives watching days of our lives, you can't cope without hope, and that's not on a soap. If you look into Oprah or Dr. Phil, you can shop nonstop or pop a pill, but the void won't fill and the pain won't kill till you love the one that hung on the hill. Kicking back in your lazy boy easy chair watching who wants to be a millionaire, nah, you're not going to find it there. No American Idol or Council Tribal has a final answer that'll satisfy you. CSI ain't got a clue. SVU don't know what to do. Not the ER or the OC, nothing on a CDT. 
TV, DVD, or MP3 can save you and me. CNN's got no good news. Here's a headline. You must choose. It's not a simple life, Paris Hilton. It's treading on thin ice, living in sin. You can be an apprentice for Donald Trump or eat Fear Factor fast food from a dump. You can be a heavy hitter, a Wheel of Fortune winner, a Fox News no-spin spinner, a flat-out sinner. But you better check this life that you're living and make sure your sins are forgiven. I bet you 50 cent Elvis Dunn came and went, and eventually every black-eyed P, Gwen Stefani, P. Diddy, and Britney, every wannabe on MTV with the icy bling, every Dixie chick that sings, they all gonna see the King of Kings. I don't care if you J-Lo or Leno or Bono. One thing you gotta know, someday you're gonna die, bro. Then where are you gonna go? Hey, I'm not talking some punk junk that's irrelevant like your grandma's church from way back when. It's not some preacher feature on TBN that you need to be liking or listening. The real superstar is Jesus Christ. He's the way. He's the truth and the life. One day he's going to split the sky. He's the brightest light and the highest high. So what I came to say and what I'm telling you is don't buy that stupid stuff they be selling you. It's all designed to fill your head and waste your space until you're dead. Here's the bottom line of my rhyme. Give your life to God while there's still time. Amen. <laughs> Amen. There was actually about three seconds when I thought about trying to do that. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. Guys, there's still time. There's still time. What if today you decided to start pruning your life and put in God's word daily? Does it make a difference? Can you formulate that new habit? Get God's word in you. Do the storms of life that you're exposed to quiet a little bit? Do they? Maybe you're not so angry. Maybe you're not so anxious. Maybe you're not so worrisome. Maybe you're a little bit more patient. We talked about that on Tuesday night. Maybe your plants start to thrive. Maybe you start to grow. Maybe you start to perk up a little bit. Maybe things start to make a little more sense because we're grounded. Our root system, our faith system comes into God and he is the one that supplies it. Would it make a difference? Maybe your plant starts to thrive and starts to grow and you become stronger. Would that be such a bad thing if you get God's word in you? Because I'll tell you what, the world will try to take you and it'll tell you all kinds of things. But God's word is strong. It'll never fail. It'll always stand. Always stand. Can I tell you this in closing? A Bible falling apart usually belongs to someone who is not falling apart. However, a Bible lost on a shelf usually belongs to someone who has lost themselves. We need to feed our spirits daily with God's Word, the Holy Bible. How's your plant doing? Are you rooted? Are you grounded? Are you thriving? If not, get God's word in you daily. Let's pray. Father, today we've heard some things that may not make sense. We see a plant that's dead and a, and a plant that's thriving. And, and Father, it's a picture, as we've seen in Jeremiah, of, of who we are uh, in our human nature we contend to God, forget you, and, 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 and like Israel did, turn our hearts against you and rely on, on, on military. We rely on man. We can rely on false prophets. We can rely on so many things that the world tells us, God, that we need to survive with and to, to feel good about ourselves and, and to be a better person and look better and all those things. But, God, none of them, none of them will stand the test of time like your word will, like your word does. So, God, as as today, as we 
and continue worshiping you, Lord. I pray our hearts, our soil would be tilled up a little bit today, Lord, that maybe, maybe some of that dry parched land was kind of ripped up a little bit, kind of messed up, and maybe that's in time for some, some water, that flowing, living water that only comes from Jesus Christ gets into us, and we can become more like the tree and start to perk up. And, and God, no, we don't want to be the barren bush. Father, we pray that your word goes before us, that we would seep it in, that we would drink it in, that we would eat it, that we would live it, that we would love it, that we would trust you. Because, God, one day you're going to split the skies. And they're all going to bow to the King of Kings. And that King is you, Jesus Christ. Amen.